the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Best, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. to another new episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. My name is Liz Best, and I am usually the host of the Women Changing the World podcast, but today we're actually doing things a little bit differently. Uh, One of our most listened to episodes of all time was actually a conversation that I had with one of my oldest friends, Taylor Orr. Uh, right back when we started the podcast. We had a Q&A, we sat down, we talked about all sorts of things, um, and I answered a bunch of questions for Taylor about the podcast, about my business, about how I came to be where I am today. And to give you a little bit of background on Taylor, uh, she works in people strategy and operations at a tech company. She loves trail running, personality tests, mornings, vegan baked goods, and reading both fiction and nonfiction. She currently lives in Seattle with her husband, her one-year-old daughter, and her Australian shepherd. Um, Taylor is awesome. We had so much fun sitting down to record this really sort of like check-in update episode of where I'm at, uh, what I've learned over the past three years of running my business, um, where the business is headed, and I hope you enjoy this conversation, this sneak peek into what we've been working on behind the scenes over here, uh, as much as both Taylor and I did. Hello, and welcome to another new episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. I'm so excited today to be sitting down with one of my oldest friends, um, Taylor Orr, and actually I'm going to be passing the like interviewer hat over to Taylor to ask me some questions. Before I do, welcome Taylor to the show. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, it's my pleasure. For anyone who's been listening to this podcast since the very, very beginning, we actually did an episode like this to kick things off, gosh, like a year and a half ago, um, and got really positive feedback. So I thought that um, as we're coming up on the three-year anniversary of my business, as we're coming up on the 18-month anniversary of the podcast, I thought it would be fun to uh, to throw it back and do another Q&A episode where I'm actually in the hot seat. Um, so without further ado, I'm happy to pass it over to you, Taylor. Amazing. Thank you. I am honored and delighted to be here again. Thank you for having me. So I am so excited to talk to you today about your three years in business and hear all about your successes, what you've learned, and everything else along the way. So I guess just to kick it off and to kind of start with a super broad question, um, 
how are you feeling overall on your three years of business? What are you reflecting on as you're coming up to this milestone? Oh my goodness. It's insane. Like I really just can't believe it. It's so wild to think that like as we're recording this, Taylor, um, one of the first workshops I ever facilitated uh, like in this like carnation, like in my coaching career was with you back in like January, February of 2020, right before <laughs> lockdown, we did an in-person event series for setting goals and vision boarding for 2020. <laughs> Little did we know uh, what the year would hold. So it's really just kind of nuts to me that it's, again, it's been three years since that. Um and so much has happened along the way. And also I feel like so much that has happened has happened like in my house. <laughs> I mean, certainly when I was getting started, I had envisioned like so much more in-person connection as part of um, what I'd be doing. And it's like, you know, looks so different over the past few years. I'm really, really excited that there is a not like more in-person connection and community that's coming back. But I also think it's so cool, like the many ways in which so many of us have embraced like virtual connection and virtual intimacy in ways that I think we like could not have imagined in 2020. Absolutely. I feel like we're really embracing this like hybrid life, both in our personal lives and our professional lives where we're okay doing everything remotely and like being really intentional and thoughtful about when we connect in person. And those in-person connections are still so important. I think that also our workshop was called 2020 is your year, which is like the most hysterical title now <laughs> looking back. Um, <laughs> what have been some of your biggest lessons learned that you'll take with you for the next three years? Oh my goodness. Um, there's so many. I think... Let's see. I mean, I think one that I – it's like I, I knew it, but I am like learning it over and over is that done is better than perfect. And sometimes you just got to like take messy action and put yourself out there and like see what sticks and trust that you're going to iterate and like make it better over time. I think that's something where – especially, and we'll get more into this later in our conversation, but especially being in the middle of like a rebrand and like revamping our website. And like, I feel like the past like six months in particular, I've really been like combing through the body of work that I've created over the past three years. Um, and like the branding and the messaging and all these things that totally worked, um, when I was first getting started. And also, like I just know so much more now about about like what I'm doing and who I'm working with and like what resonates. And I'm also like, continuing to add and evolve and like develop new things. Um, but as a recovering perfectionist, I think it can be so tempting to like want it to be perfect before you even start or have the perfect plan before you even start. And I I do think that just learning to take that messy action and like just let some things be done and like know what needs to what needs to have all the i's dotted and all the t's crossed and what like can be like less than perfect um that's been really huge i think the other big lesson um 
has been a lesson in patience. <laughs> so often uh, we want it all done and we, we want it or we want it now um, and we want it fast. And I know this is true for me. I also know it's true for many of like the women in my world who are entrepreneurs um, actually and working in impact more broadly is like we have these big goals. We have these big dreams. We have these big things that we're working on and they, they are important and vital and they just almost always take longer than we want them to. <laughs> it doesn't mean that they're not happening. Um, but I think, but it just, it, uh, again, the, the like overnight success is often the product of like months, years of like laying the groundwork. And I think learning to be patient and to trust that all like all the seeds that I've been planting are going to blossom, but like I don't necessarily have control over when or how or what that looks like. Um, and taking a bit of a longer view on like maybe I don't feel like I met my goal for like this month or this quarter, but, like what has happened in the past year. And there's often like so much more to be proud of than I think my initial like gut reaction is to like give myself credit for. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also beauty in sticking with a process and sticking with your plan and like knowing that if you put in the work, you will get what you're putting, you'll get out what you're putting in, right? I want to ask you a question about the first part of how you answered that, which was that some of the things that you shipped earlier in your business may not be what you would do now. And I'm wondering, I'm curious, if is that because you have changed and your business has changed? Or is that because you've listened to feedback from your clients and you've kind of iterated on what you're delivering based on their needs? Yeah, I think it's all of the above. I mean, I think like the, I mean, the world has changed a lot in the past three years. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a big part of it. I do feel like I've gotten some really brilliant like advice and feedback from people I've worked with along the way. I mean, I've definitely had to learn sort of like which advice or feedback to take and which advice or feedback to like, you know, say thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And then like maybe file that away for another time. Yeah. I mean, I think also just like, well, you'll laugh because I recently read uh, Jamie Barron, our collective favorites, <laughs> our shared favorite, uh, her new um, her new newsletter that just restarted um, the evolution of the Friday letters, which is um, new era, a new era. And she was writing recently about how like she isn't her 2018 self anymore. And it was like interesting to try to like fit into her 2018 self's like life and realize it doesn't fit. I think a lot of what I was putting out into the world maybe in 2020 or 2021 like was perfect for my 2020 or 2021 self. It was perfect for my 2020 and 2021 clients. I mean, maybe not perfect, but it was like the right thing at the right time. And also like I'm different. We're different. Like we've had different experiences. We have different priorities. Um, and so like being okay with that like change in evolution and being ready to like release some of the things that like were labors of love at the time, but just like no longer quite makes sense, I think is part of 
just like the natural evolution of like both me as a person and then my business as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. What have been the toughest parts of running your business and what maybe has been easier than you expected or what have you, where have you found ease and where have you maybe struggled? It's a great question. I'm going to start with the hard part, but don't let me forget to come back to the ease part. I think, oh my gosh. Um, I think about like the hardest parts of running a business. I'm like, uh, part of me, maybe it's a today thing. I want to be like everything. (laughs) And I don't say that as a deterrent. I just, I think so often for people who are in heart centered businesses or service oriented businesses or, you know, both, we don't start a business necessarily because we're like, I want to start a business or like, I want to be a CEO. Like we start a business because there's a thing that we love doing or there's a problem we want to solve or there's a person we want to serve. And business is the vehicle for doing that. Um, And so in order to serve people in that way, you have to like learn a whole bunch of stuff or like build a team and like and outsource a bunch of stuff, but you have to like figure out how to do a bunch of stuff that like in and of itself has almost nothing to do with serving the people or like solving the problem or doing the thing. And so I'll to use me as an example, like I really started my business because I wanted to like coach and convene women in sustainability and social impact, whether they were entrepreneurs or in-house or working as consultants. Um for us to be able to like collectively problem solve because I know so often in this work you can feel like you're on an island and I really wanted my work to like help people not feel like they're on an island, help people feel like they have a secret weapon or multiple secret weapons in their back pockets. And in order to do that, I had to like – maybe didn't have to, but like, you know, I built a website and I like – needed a bookkeeper <laughs> and like had like learned all this stuff about online marketing and I mean I could go on and on but I think there's just a lot of stuff that I have found like you know that I've learned along the way and I wouldn't trade it it has been like truly like an MBA like but in practice <laughs> over the past 3 years um but I think that part has been really hard and I think the other thing that is a challenge continues to be a challenge. I don't necessarily foresee ever like not being a challenge is that when you run your own business, or at least for me in running my own business, a lot of the things that are hard, like I'm making hard (laughs) or like, or like they're hard. It's like, it's so much of it's like an inside job. And I think what I've realized in this process, because there have certainly been like so many moments where I've been like, should I just go back in house? Like, it would be really nice to have like benefits and paid sick time, <laughs> like, you know, some of these things. I think a lot of the things that are hard about entrepreneurship are things that would be hard for me in any job. And it's like facing like my own relationship with hustle culture, it's facing my own propensity for burnout. It's it's facing my own like pathological responsibility for stuff. And like business is like my business is what's like revealing those things to me, but like 
there are things that I need to deal with if I don't want them to be things. Whereas I think before working in corporate America, I maybe would have ascribed some of those to like the context I was in. And I think I'm just really appreciating the extent to which like even if I were to have like a a nine to five W2 job, um, these these things would still be here until I address them. Mm -hmm. It's like wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. You can't escape yourself. Yeah. 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 And then I think to the question of like what's been surprisingly easy, I'm trying to think about how best to put this into words. I do feel like the work itself that I get to do and like the facilitation for for women um, who are changing the world, working as change agents starting incredible businesses, um, you know, working inside Fortune 500 companies, like that part, like whether it's actually coaching one-on-one or bringing people together through the Girls Club Collective or the Girls Club Mastermind or facilitating group programs, uh, that part just – I wouldn't necessarily say it's easy. It has just really felt – I feel so lucky and very corny saying this, but it really does feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't know if I've had quite that feeling before where I just feel like, yep, this feels like where I'm supposed to be. This feels like the work that I am here for. Um, And I do think that even if I'm like maybe not always hitting like whatever my like – I don't want to say ridiculous because I don't think they're ridiculous, but whatever my like launch goals or numbers or like whatever those like masculine um, (laughs) metrics are that I put on some of like the things I do in my business because I'm still relearning how to do these things. Uh, You know, I think aside from that, I do feel like the right people are like showing up at the right time. Um, And even though there have been like way more like – panic moments of like, you know, I'd like, I don't have, you know, my one-on-one client roster is going to like be clear in X month. And like, where are the people going to come from to fill those spots? Like the right people always show up at the right time. Um, And so that part has felt, I felt very lucky that awesome women know awesome women and they tell their friends, which I know I do. Like I tell my friends about the cool things that I'm doing and Um, I feel like that has been just like such a huge aspect of how my business has grown and evolved and why I've gotten to do the work that I do. That's awesome. I guess um, asking kind of a tactical question related to what's been hard, how have you handled burnout and how do you know when you're working enough or too much or how do you, I guess, how do you handle entrepreneurship in that way and like creating boundaries around work for yourself while still working hard enough to sustain your life. Totally. I mean, I think I will say like the working enough has not yet been a problem for me. I don't doubt that. (laughs) I feel lucky. I'm like perhaps too self-motivated. So that, that part hasn't been hard, but, um, you know, I think there are a number of things that I've invested in that have really supported me in being thoughtful around my life and my work boundaries. I mean, I've been work. I've worked with several coaches since I started my business. Um, 
and often a lot like there is a lot of like tactical business coaching work that I've done, but there's also been a whole lot of like energetic and mindset work that I've done. Um, an exercise that I do almost once a quarter now. And then when I don't do it, I have like a freak out and I'm reminded that I need to do it. Uh, is, um, is like I'm continuously evolving and like iterating on what my calendar looks like from a work perspective. Because every season really brings with it different clients, different priorities. Mm-hmm. Like I have a few things that stay consistent. Like I coach like certain afternoons every week. Like that's my coaching availability. But then depending on whether I'm consulting or what other things are on my plate, really like rearranging my schedule to make sure that like there is the space for the things that are like truly priorities again in that season or that quarter. And also space for me to really like appreciate the benefits of being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. And so um, something I'm experimenting with uh, this quarter um, or the next few months is like really holding even more time in the mornings for myself to really work on the things that I feel are most important. And like some of that's inherently going to be client work and reactive, but really making sure I'm holding like a couple hours a day to also work in my business or I guess work on my business, not just in my business. Um, I'm really lucky that I, I manage a team now. And so making sure that I have time to like actually provide good feedback and review things and respond to things before like everything else inbound is like inbound. Um, so that's something that We'll see how that goes, but I feel like that's really important to me is figuring out a better system for managing everything. Um, The other two things that come to mind are, one, I'm just learning to like push stuff back. Like so often, like the deadlines are self-imposed and it doesn't need to be the day that we thought it needed to be. And I think we may talk a little bit more about this later, but there's like so much stuff that like I thought I was going to have done for you name the day. And it just didn't happen because it was like way too ambitious with my time as I think many, (laughs) many of us have like the tendency to do. Um, So pushing things back when they need to get pushed back, rescheduling things when they need to get rescheduled. Um, And then the other thing is like also really making it a priority at least a few mornings a week to put myself first. And so before I'm like opening my laptop, before I'm responding to anything, like ideally getting to the gym, taking a shower, (laughs) like taking – drinking my coffee, just taking a minute to like be and make sure I'm filling up my own cup before I'm jumping into work. And again, not a perfect practice, but those are some of the things that I've been been working on. And I'm pretty good, um, I'd say historically, like that weekends are pretty sacred at a minimum one full day on the weekend of like absolutely no work. Um, But usually I'm pretty good about taking the weekends off too. I guess taking kind of a step back, looking at the last three years, how has your business changed? What are some of the, the big shifts you've made? over the last three years to your business? Um, it's a Thank you. It's a great question. I feel like the number one shift that's sort of in process at this moment um, 
is putting community at the center of my business. Um, I was first exposed to the idea of like a, what a community business is um, by this awesome woman, Tatiana Figueredo, who will be on the podcast later this season. Um, she runs a cohort-based course in community called Building a Community Business. And she actually, another awesome woman who runs a community business, uh, Geisha Haas, who was previously on this podcast. She's the founder of Dreamers and Doers. I had reached out to Geisha with some questions as I was like exploring what the evolution of the girls club could look like. And she was like, you should really like talk to Tatiana. Um, and it really felt like the missing piece. Like it felt like when I kind of learned her theory of what a community business is and how, again, really putting community at the center of a business like mine like could just be a revelation for like my business goals, my business priorities. I feel like it's really like a total reorientation of my business model from being like a one-on-one or like one-to-many service provider to like really being like a community leader and facilitator who is like holding space and like facilitating space for like the women that I serve. Again, I think it's just, and I'm having a hard time even articulating it, but it was just like, oh yeah, like when you think about a business where that's the center, it's like a totally different structure. Like there are different, there are potentially different priorities for a business like that. There's like a different way of thinking about time. There's a different way of thinking about your team. Um, But so much of what like I believe in um, in just really aiming to truly provide like an incredible client experience no matter how I'm working with someone, but making sure that like the feeling of working with me is like if you've seen some of my like I like some of my like marketing photos, but like of like the feeling of like a picnic, like a beautiful bohemian picnic on the beach is like, that's the vibe that I want, like that I want in my retreats. I want at my gatherings. I want in my one-on-one work with my clients, like the feeling of like pouring a glass of champagne and celebrating with people who genuinely want to celebrate you. Um, Community just, you know, feels so aligned with that. And I feel like I've been spending so much of my time the past few years, introducing the incredible women that I work with to each other, um, which I love, um, and which is like, to be frank, like it's a very time-consuming thing, um, and I want to do more of it, but I was also realizing that like the way that my business was currently set up was like not conducive to me having like the time and the bandwidth to do more of that. So yeah, I mean, I think... I, you know, I got started really with like one-on-one coaching, which I love and will continue to do for as long as people want to hire me as their coach. Um, you know, that really evolved into uh, my first group program um, around like getting your dream job, which then evolved into uh, my first hypermind uh, magnetic AF, which is for thought leadership and personal branding. Um, which then evolved into the Girls Club Mastermind, which is a longer container for women who are um, working in, like working as change agents to really like be part of a dedicated cohort that meets regularly and like collectively problem solves. And 
yeah, I feel like the Girls Club Collective, which is like the, our big thing for 2023, is like taking like all the things I've learned from all of those different offerings um, and creating a home for all these incredible women to like hang out with each other and like collectively problem solve and connect and offer wisdom and like really expand their circles. It sounds really lovely and fun. Thank um, you. It's my intention. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about these women that you serve, what sorts of themes always crop up in what they're working through, what they're facing, what their problems are? Are there any like universal universal truths or universal themes that you've uncovered through your through your work working with these women? Yeah. I mean, I think the number one question that so many of the people in my world are asking ourselves is like, is anything I'm doing making an impact? Like, am I having a big enough impact? Am I doing the work that I'm like meant to be doing? Um, again, I think so often so much of this work is like can can be so incremental and not that that's a bad thing, but like especially if you're working in-house at a giant corporation or you're working as a consultant with another organization, I think sometimes it can just feel like it's just, you know, small steps in the right direction when like we're ready for a revolution. And I think part of what's so powerful about community for people who are in this space is like all the small steps do add up. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Um, and also I think sometimes just like, again, taking that longer view and having like a space where you can reflect and be celebrated along the way is so important. A couple other things, um, a couple other themes are a desire, I think, to reimagine ambition. A lot of the women in my world are like really, you know, starting to like recognize the extent to which like they may have quote always been ambitious but like to what end and like they're ready to think about like what do I actually want like I'm not interested in climbing the corporate ladder for the sake of climbing the corporate ladder like I'm not interested in like I don't know like a seven-figure business for the sake of a seven-figure business like I really want to think about like what I want and like what's important to me. And maybe it's not the like shiny, like corporate patriarchal thing that like I grew up thinking it was. And like also maybe like my definition of ambition has been really informed by white supremacy and the patriarchy. And I'm ready for a different definition of what success is and one that like really takes into consideration like my own desires and my own well-being. I think that's a really huge one. Um, and related to that, I think this feeling of like there aren't enough hours in the day um, is definitely something that I, like I think just thinking through like how to align our our time with our priorities. Um, and then how to like repeatedly realign our time with our priorities. I think it's just, um, you know, time is something that's so universal. Like we all experience, you know, we are all given 24 hours in a day. And I know people may have very different demands on their 24 hours in a day, depending on like their like life circumstance and situation. Um, but figuring out how to like 
align our time with our values and our priorities is definitely another thing that a lot of people in my world, I think, are really actively thinking about. Mm-hmm. And what season of life you're in too, right? Like, you Yeah, I love that idea you- of like, of life seasons and career seasons. Um, Ramit Sethi has this like great visual of like, I'm not going to do it justice. But basically this idea of like in your career, are you in like a place where you're looking to like make a change? Are you in a season where you're looking to grow? Or are you in a season where you're looking to like enjoy like the fruits of your labor? And are you in a place where you're like, actually my career is not my top priority. My life is my top priority. And like, work's just got to work right now. And I think so often we think that we need to be in like the growth bucket or the change bucket. And I don't think we always appreciate that there's something like really beautiful and very important and essential about being in the like, my my work works for my life bucket as well. Right. Is network on your 2023 to-do list? Hi there, it's Liz. If you're liking our conversation and our approach to personal development, career advancement, and living a life that turns you on, I invite you to join our community, the Girls Club Collective. We are the intentionally intimate personal and professional development community for women who are changing the world. Instead of asking for a seat at the table, we decided to build our own. Like most change agents and rebels with a cause, you don't often have enough hours in the day to change the world and cultivate a strategic network. If overwhelm has become your second language and you're feeling tired of trying to convince your own marketing team to actually read your ESG report, you're in the right place. We know that sometimes trying to make a difference can feel like being that one person out on the dance floor trying to get the party started. And that's why we created the Girls Club Collective. It's where women changing the world organize, and all you have to do is show up as yourself. We are the anti-establishment version of the Boys Club, reimagining ambition, and leading the movement of meaningful work fueled by moxie, strategy, and a little bit of magic. That means you not only gain access to a community of people you need to know, you'll also take a look at how you can grow as a leader, what you really want, and why your dream of living by the beach and working for yourself isn't as crazy as it sometimes feels. By offering monthly peer advisory, salons on timely and relevant topics, networking power hours, and more, the Girls Club Collective is your extended team, your extra brains, and an energizing environment that is geared toward your personal and professional growth. We believe that changing the world is a team sport. Join the collective designed for exactly that and use the code PODCAST, that's all caps PODCAST, for 10% off your first year of membership. You can find the link to join us in the show notes. And I cannot wait to see you in the collective. Speaking of priorities and focus areas, what were some of your 2022 goals and did you achieve them all? Did you not achieve them all? And what are you, are you carrying anything into 2023 that you didn't achieve or leaving anything behind in 2022? 
Yeah, and I, I'm smiling because I showed Taylor before we chatted that I actually have um, my a list of 2022 goals like written down from last year in front of me. <laughs> but um, so there are some goals that I'm like super proud that I was um, I did accomplish. So um, one of the big things I did last year was uh, joined Pledge One Percent, and um, it's a commitment to donate one percent of your I think it's time. Uh, profit and or products um, like as part of your business model. And so um, I did donate 1% of revenue, actually not profit, um, to Planned Parenthood and some other organizations that are are doing really great work like on the front lines of um, both protecting women's rights um, to abortion access and the environment. Um I also donated 1% of my coaching time to the Coaching Fellowship, um, which is now the Women's Impact Alliance. And um, working with them has just been like such a joy. Um, So that was a really big one. Um, That was, yeah, just huge and felt really good. Um, I also, uh, let's see, I wanted to host or facilitate two cohorts of the Girls Club Mastermind, which did happen last year. Um, I wanted to invest in small local and BIPOC owned small businesses, um, also women owned small businesses, which was um, also something that I did last year. I think there's always room to do more, but um, I always try to look for a qualified woman to do pretty much anything that I need done in my business and start there. Um, and uh, and that's just, yeah, been really cool to see the different ways that like I've gotten to support other people's business businesses through my own. Um, I wanted to find a community building business coach, um, which uh, going through the building a community business uh, cohort and course, like that was a big one. Um, I wanted to do a rebrand. Um, I was actually also really hoping to partner with Unfem, the woman-owned champagne company that's all about um, shattering glass ceilings and empowering and supporting other women. Uh, and that's wild. That has fully come to fruition. I was recognized in their Hall of Femme last year, which was like such an awesome win. And I actually uh, will be facilitating a workshop at an inaugural Hall of Femme uh, event tomorrow night um, from when we're recording this. So yeah, there was a lot that that happened, which is just so cool. Um, I also really wanted more support in my business. And I, I feel like I've really like invested in and then like further streamlined and assessed and expanded the support in my business. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that I did not do, <laughs> did not accomplish. Um, so it's been a goal of mine from when I started to like pay myself the equivalent of what my corporate salary would be. And while my revenue is like almost where my corporate salary was, I mean, it basically is where my corporate salary was. Like, I think something that's like often underappreciated when you like look at all the shiny metrics of like, you know, uh, cash flow in a business is that really what you're taking home as an entrepreneur is often like max half, but usually about a third of what revenue is because there are so many other expenses from like paying other people to 
um, to support you to like the different like tools and tech that you need to run your business, um, to paying taxes. And so, well, um, yeah, well, I feel like from a revenue perspective, I feel like I'm like there uh, from a paying myself my corporate salary. I am definitely still not there. Um, but 2023 is a new year I de- and I'm getting much closer. Uh, another thing, um, trademarking the Girls Club Collective, work in progress. I think that may be a multi-year work in progress. I started, but I don't think I appreciated that that would take a while. Um, launching the membership with a question mark next to it was on my list. And that's something that by the time this podcast comes out, will be out in the world, but was definitely not ready uh, to be shared more broadly last year. Um, updating my website is another one where I think that's just going to continuously be a work in progress. And I also needed to like redo the rebrand to be in a place to re-update the website. So (laughs) I think, um, that's getting carried through. And then there were some things that were ideas of mine that like, I'm probably going to let go. Like I, I had thought about a year ago about facilitating a like a magic mind on manifestation. That's something I get a lot of questions about. I know a lot of people in my world um, are interested in that. And it may totally be a thing I do in the future. Um, but I think I'm letting it go for now to focus on um, on the community, on the collective. Yeah. And then I think also thinking about like a standalone retreat was something that I had explored doing last year. And it's definitely something I'm still thinking about for this year. I don't know that it would be standalone. It's it's going to be something that's part of the the community and or the mastermind. Um, but I also think having hosted a couple of retreats in the past year and a half, like a retreat is like a lot of energy to like hold that space. Um, and I really want to like, it's also like my favorite thing that I have done, but I think I need to like really think about what kind of support I need to be able to hold that space this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really long inventory of all my goals <laughs> and, what, and what I did and didn't accomplish. But yeah, I definitely think like uh, the couple key takeaways are like some of the big things like actually really did happen, which is amazing. I think some of the other things um, are works in progress that are going to take longer than I might have thought. And some of the things are like fun ideas that like may come visit me again. And um, also it's okay if they don't. I mean, if you achieved all of your goals, you probably didn't aim high enough, I would say. I know that you like to kind of slow roll the new year and it takes a few weeks for it to feel like a new year to you, but I'm curious have you thought about some of the intentions you're setting for 2023 or any specific goals that you may have? Let's see. There's a few. Um, you know, I really wanted to plan some big life stuff for this year. I got married last year, which was awesome. Um, the best. And we have like a follow-up party and our honeymoon coming up this year. And so one of my goals was to actually like calendar those two things before I calendared a lot of other work stuff um, to really like prioritize them. Um, so they're happening. Uh, <laughs> I think um, the other big goal I have for my business is really like to pour everything I have into this community and like really truly give it like the the time, the energy, the bandwidth, like the brain space that it deserves. And yeah, I mean, that's like, 
I kind of am feeling like this year from a business perspective, there's like so many sub goals that ladder up to that, but like that really is the goal. Um, and I feel like that's giving me a lot of clarity of focus, although there's probably still a lot of stuff I need to say no to. <laughs> and the words that I'm really focused on for this year, that there's two of them, are connection, which is probably not surprising given the work that I'm doing, and space. And I think I've had I've had some questions from people about like what space means, whereas I think connection is like maybe a little bit more self-evident. But I've spent so much time in the past year sitting in front of this laptop. Um, And as you can see, I have a very cute wall behind me. (laughs) I love my office. Um, And I am, I know, in like past years, I've like run my business from like more of like a digital nomad place, which I uh, have no intention (laughs) of doing again anytime soon. I mean, I think it was beautiful. I feel so lucky, but I've also really come to appreciate the importance of like feeling more grounded. Um, So yeah, all that being said, I realized that like the most important work I do often in terms of thinking about what comes next is, is not work that's happening in front of my laptop. It's not work that's happening in this office. It's like giving myself time and space like out in nature, in the world, like take care of myself, be inspired, learn, have ideas. Um, And that's just not always something that can happen when you're like sitting in the same room every day. So I think um, just being really intentional with my time and with the time that I am working in at my laptop of like making sure that I'm, you know, being as focused and productive as I can be. But also the work that doesn't actually need to happen in front of my laptop work, like reviewing podcast episodes or doing strategic planning or writing content or like some of that stuff, like really thinking about how I can like get some space for my desk to do that work because that was just such a huge part of my vision of what entrepreneurship would look like. And I think um, like my old habits like have been a little bit hard to kill off in that respect of like feeling guilty if I'm not at my computer. So I'm definitely Mm -hmm. still working on that. It's really hard to have a stroke of genius when you're just like hunched over your laptop without like some space and time away from it, right? Totally, totally. It's like, you know, shower thoughts are like often such exactly. a, such a source of inspiration, but just like anywhere but the place that you almost always are. Exactly. Um, do you have any like favorite current mantra or quote or anything like that that really like aligns to where you are right now? Mm. You know I love talking about things, talking about sticky notes, and you know I think in sticky notes. A couple of like the brightest, which means they're the newest as I look around my desk, um, are say no so you can say yes. That's That's a big one. And I've been carrying around, although it's now tucked away in a notebook because it was losing all its stickiness, um, is no random shit. I think, I think those are really, um, again, I'm like really 
as like a recovering people pleaser uh, and in Enneagram three wing two, I have such a hard time saying no. I like love the people in my world. I love the people I get to work with. I love brainstorming. I love connecting. Like I love it like so much. And I am realizing the extent to which like if if I'm going to make this stuff happen that is important to me to make happen like big picture long term, mm-hmm. I'm, I have to be ruthless and prioritizing how I'm spending my time and in upholding my boundaries. And it is such a work in progress. <laughs> but I also realize that like, you know, so many of my clients and so many of the people in my world are working on these things too. And so I think like that also means it's like incumbent on me to like keep working on it. Um so I'm practicing what I often preach. So mm-hmm. I, I would say those are the two that are top of mind right now. Random shit gives you random results. I yeah. want that's going on a post-it note. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am absolutely honored. <laughs> I feel like I, I just it. made the Hall of Fame. Um, you did. Okay, one, last, <laughs> one final question. What advice do you have for anyone getting started on an entrepreneurial path today? Um, I feel like I, um, you may have like heard or seen this from me before if, uh, if you're following along. And I also know that unless this is, came up in a really fun recent conversation with a friend of mine, uh, if, if, unless someone's coming up to you and telling you like, yeah, 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 Liz, I know, I already heard that. You're probably not repeating it enough. So I <laughs> I will share it here as well. Um, number one, I think get super clear on who it is you want to work with, on like what problems you want to solve, on who your dream clients are, what they're thinking, what they want. It makes like everything so much easier. And I, it's totally an evolution. It's a work in progress. But I think just being crystal clear on like who you want to serve and like in what capacity, at least as a starting point is so important. And if you don't know, like get on the phone with people who you think could be it and they will almost certainly be more than happy to answer questions and tell you. Um, People will tell you almost anything, uh, but you have to ask. So um, I think that's that's one piece. Um, The second two, uh, one is something I am living and one is something I'm continuously reminding myself of. (laughs) Um, The thing that I'm living is to really, and I know that people have such different perspectives on how to invest in yourself and how to invest in your business, but I am like continuously asking myself, like, if I knew this would be wildly successful, like, what would I do next? And really approaching like my business and like, you know, again, the investments I'm making in myself with like, if, you know, if I can't fail and certainly like I can fail, I have failed, I fail all the time, but like, <laughs> if I knew that like it was all adding up to something and I knew that in the end this was going to be wildly successful, like, you know, is there an investment I can make that's going to like help me get there faster, help me get there in a way that's like more joyful or useful or fun and really taking like that glass half full approach um, because everything I invest like does come back to me. That's another post-it. Everything I invest comes back to me 100x and it like truly, truly does. Um, can't always guarantee the time horizon, but it does. <laughs> and I think um, the third one is um, really to go back to what we were talking about like at the top of our conversation. Um, take messy action. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Someone um, gave me great advice when I was first about to start my business and she was just like, 
just like know that you'll get information by doing stuff. You're not going to get information by like endlessly strategizing and having like the perfect PowerPoint deck that you've never showed to a real person. Like, you know, I tell, you know, some of my entrepreneur clients all the time, it's like all you need to be an entrepreneur is like one person who's going to pay you money to do something. <laughs> like you don't need a website. You don't need a photo shoot. You don't need the perfect deck. You don't need anything except like someone who's going to give you money to do a thing. And so, um, yeah, I think often we can let having like the A-plus group project <laughs> level work prevent us from getting started, but you're going to learn along the way. And like, you know, it's very rarely fi- – things are very rarely final. So just trusting yourself to take the next step. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Taylor. It's been such a treat to have this conversation with you. And before we go, I have to ask you – I mean, I love random shit gets you random results. I am going to write that down as soon as we hang up. Um, but just for people who want like a little, another little dose of like Taylor wisdom, like I'm curious, like what's your favorite quote or, uh, phrase right now at this moment? Hmm. Um, I think more, more so my intention right now is, is to kind of along what you were saying earlier is like making space. Because I also, with a almost one-year-old baby, I've had to really reset how much I can do in a day over the last year. And my to-do list will sit unchecked for longer than I'm used to. So I think it's like giving myself space, kind of lowering my expectations of myself on the level of productivity I can accomplish. And... And just being okay with that. I've had to like let go a lot. So I don't think that's really like a sticky note mantra, but that's kind of my vibe right now. Mm, I love it. There's so much grace in that. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. This has been such a treat. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you, Liz. And congratulations on three years. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is liz.best, that's L-I-S dot B-E-S-T, or you can find me on LinkedIn by searching my name, Liz Best. Join my mail list by visiting elizabethbest.com slash monthly meditation, and you'll receive all the latest updates on events, retreats, and opportunities to work with me, plus a monthly love note from my heart to your inbox. I am so excited to keep in touch, and I'll see you in the next episode.